Um, and I also kind of want to pre-apologize um, if I get emotionally overwhelmed today. Um, God has given me a new heart. And uh, just thinking about the moments uh, uh, that he's worked in my life can bring back that um, time when you get overcome by his joy and, and love. So just apologize for that. Um, and now on to the story. So if Marlo did send me a, a no power tools note before I, I started. And, and funny enough, uh, yesterday I'm picking apples off my tree and my wife, Carol, looks up at me and says, maybe you shouldn't do that as I'm at the top of the stepladder. So I'm glad I made it here today. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone wants to hear about my eye injury. So it's good. It's two reasons. One, I did learn a lot about myself through that experience. And uh, God, I'm sure the power of prayer was active in that. So I'll share the story. Anyways, I, I was building uh, a fence at home. Um, went down. Yeah, she, it made my wife happy. So happy wife, happy life. Yeah. But uh, so I went down, did a cut. Normally I would, I would want to say wear safety glasses or sunglasses or something. I would definitely normally do that for whatever reason, you know, it's a quick cut. I didn't do that um, for whatever reason. Hit the skill saw. Uh, I can't remember if I was cutting a board or I was cutting uh, some plastic. Felt something go in my eye, whatever, no problem. Um, must have been saved by my contacts because uh, that night took my contacts out, went to sleep, no problems. Uh, woke up in the morning, you know, wake up, rub your eyes, and just instant, instant pain. So, uh, funny enough, I, like, I didn't know this before, I definitely learned it, the, the eyeball is one of the places of the body that has the most pain receptors, so it is very painful, and the reason for that is it has to be super sensitive, because it's very important to you, so I learned it's super painful. Um, I did two, two hours of kind of first aid trying to get it done because I really did want to come here. I really did. <laughs> so uh, two hours of first aid, couldn't do it, woke my wife up. I got to go to emergency. It's, it's done. Uh, so a bit, like, I have some issues with disappointing people. So to make that call tomorrow in the morning was, was tough. A uh, bit of learning for me there. And uh, turns out God had it. He directed us to the Royal Alex, which is... Um, uh, one of the top uh, eye places in, in Canada or definitely Alberta. Uh, I didn't get to go to that clinic. It just opened this week. I guess it was under renovation. But <laughs> if you're going to head somewhere, you may as well go there. Uh, so I went there, uh, made it in there. At this time, I couldn't open my good eye because my bad eye was so bad. When my good eye moved, it moved my bad eye, and I couldn't open it. So I was fully under um, someone else's protection, Unfortunately, my wife, and uh, I couldn't see, I couldn't move. I grabbed this guy's backpack in line. I'm like, what's this? Why do you have, the, uh, what you have me up against? And it was this guy in front of us. It was his backpack. So <laughs> I couldn't see anything. I'm sitting down there, fully vulnerable. Uh, Carol had sent the, um, the prayer chain out. So everyone was praying. I'm sure prayed in church here. Uh, so we go into the, to the room, the emergency doctor, she had been through this experience, had some corneal kind of trauma before in her uh, past, so she was really good, really explaining, 
Here, I'm going to put this in your eye. You're going to feel instant relief. She put the freezing in, instant relief. That was the best, best experience of my life was, was the pain stopped instantly. And then she said right after that, well, uh, in about an hour, you're going to feel all that pain again. So uh, get used to it. Uh, there's nothing I can do after an hour. So then uh, she uh, um, looks into my eye, hooks me up to this old ancient kind of eye doctor machine. She looks in, and the, her, first, uh, her first comment was, wow. <laughs> so uh, you don't want to hear your emergency doctor say, wow, and she admitted that because she's seen a lot of stuff in her life. And uh, when she says, wow, like my heart sank. I was like, oh, I'm going to be blind for the rest of my life. That's what I thought. Um, turns out, well, uh, you know the story. I'm standing here today seeing. So uh, she says, wow. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm blind. Um, she flips my eyelid over, gets the piece out. Uh, it had scraped the eye a lot. Um, and then basically it's uh, um, no patching or anything. She says it's out. Here's some antibiotics. Put a bunch of antibiotics in it, and we'll, we'll see you in three days. And she was great. She was, we did go see her in three days. Um, but I guess this is kind of where the power of prayer comes in is because um, the other good thing about the eyeball is it... it it has a miraculous uh, healing power. So if it's just on the cornea and everything's good, it heals in about three days. So when I went back, she couldn't see anything. Uh, it was healed up. I'm 95% today. So I have a little bit. I have new glasses. So I have a little bit of um, probably leftover residual stuff with my eye, maybe some scarring there. But uh, other than that, perfectly healed. So good story, power prayer, and that's why I say it, but, and that's why I wasn't here, so. The other thing I, I guess I, on that respect is um, I, either somebody was stopping me from saying something that day, or God didn't think I was quite ready. I think he, I really put it out there, I, I don't think God thought I was quite ready, because over the next few weeks, um, just, just a little more open to, to some stuff, some more learning to come, and, uh, and here I am. So, uh, yeah. Just a little bit of background about myself then. Uh, I did grow up in a, a Christian-based home. Uh, definitely my extended family was um, some church going, got a lot of Bibles when I was a kid. Um, a lot of Christian influence from my family. Um, I did join a youth group when I was younger, young life. Uh, so about 17, I gave my life to God. Um, and that time, uh, I was convinced by the um, insurance policy argument. And I, I don't know if people are familiar with, but it kind of goes like, well, if God is real, you're covered. You gave your life. And if he's not, well, you don't really lose out. So that was... At 17, that was appealing to me. Um, but I say, why is this important? Like, why do I mention that? Well, well, at that time, that was kind of one of my genesis for reason. But uh, um, it turns out one of those things again. God's not an easy button. God doesn't work that way. God is not. Hey, he's not an insurance policy. Um, um, so being a Christian is hard work. It's definitely hard work, and, but it's joyous and, and rewarding hard work. So um, 
The last five years have been uh, quite a challenge for me, personally, uh, professionally, spiritually. Um, I've seen a lot of things. Uh, um, definitely in my family life, in my company life, uh, and I've been struggling with a lot of stuff uh, spiritually. So now I've kind of on my way out of a bunch of stuff, and uh, I feel quite quite battle-hardened, I say God has given me quite a foundation to work from. So if anybody, and I'll just throw this offer out here, if anyone wants to, I'm in Beaumont, I work from my home, uh, if you want coffee, lunch, or whatever, um, I probably have something or I've gone through something that, that you're going through, so if you need a neutral third party to talk to, then just come, come and talk to me. Um, and the last time I was here, um, um, I was on the stage sharing. Uh, I was using the analogy of, of life being a highway and a journey. And uh, I had pulled off to the side of the road uh, to pout, uh, kind of given up. Um, I was basically lost and, and struggling with, with what worldly culture meant versus uh, heavenly culture. Uh, so we came through a series of, um, are you a fan or a follower? And at that time, I asked God to say, okay, God, you got 100% of me now. Um, I don't want to be a fan. I want to be a follower. And uh, so in that, in my mind, uh, was the easy button. I don't know if you can see it on, on the screen. There's the, what I thought, the planned, and what actually happens. So this is the reality part. So my plan was, here's a straight shot of going up. Uh, um, this is the way I want life to work. I'm in control. I get to do what I want. God's going to help me, and there's going to be no downfall. So um, that's not the way it works. Uh, but uh, so at that time, the reason I gave my life 100% was I, I, said, I did the math, and, and if I continue to work, or to go forward in my relationship with him as a, as a fan, um, I'd probably end up at the least unhappy where I was for the rest of my life, or divorced, something like that. Um, so I gave it all to God. I thought, he has it. Um, I'm good. And then I'll call it everything is unicorns and rainbows now. Let's do this. So, um, of course, that's not, uh, it's not the way it goes. So the first thing he asked me to do is... Um, forget about my business, <laughs> which is really tough. So I started a business in 2013 uh, with some partners. Uh, and I really thought, I, well, I was. At that point, I thought, this is God is leading me. He wants me to start a business. He wants me to incorporate Christian values in that business. He wants me to, to, uh, to reach people that way. Um, so it was a bit shocking to me. He said, um, just forget about it. Um, Yeah, because he, he prepared me through courses and conversations, and, uh, and that's where he wanted me. And he told me, no, uh, don't worry about that. Just focus on your family. So it may be a promise. He said, no matter what happened, your business will be fine. And uh, focus on your family, everything's okay. And I said, okay, yep, I got some learning, I guess. 
uh, which I did, and I focused on my family. Um, and my relationship uh, with my wife uh, had definitely been weakened by some uh, previous decisions, family decisions, tensions, uh, decisions we thought we made together but didn't. Um, so at that time, God sent us to counseling, uh, which is great. Uh, um, <laughs> if you're open to it, I suggest you do it, and you go in and, and uh, try not to be protective of yourself, because uh, you're going to find out a lot of things um, that drive you that you didn't know were actually drivers for you. So, recommend it. Um, number one thing there, uh, God helped me to define my role in the family, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband. Um, he showed me I'm a provider and a protector, uh, which you kind of know. That's the world teaches you that. But what I didn't know was that I'm also the priest in my family. Um, so good at providing, good at protecting. Um, and my thought was the priest comes, I come to church every Sunday. I bring my family to church. So that's covered, right? Nope, wasn't covered. Uh, so I, one of the areas I struggled in my life was leading my family. And, and this part really helped because... Um, it sent me to God, uh, it sent me to the Bible, prayer, more reliance on that. Um, uh, and just using God as, as my example of, of a father. Um, Definitely, uh, yeah, still a work in progress for me. Um, And meanwhile, on top of that, of course, it was the worst recession in Alberta in 30 years. So I had a two-year-old business. I had partners who were full of ego and fear, I'll call it, and I'm I'm operating in a different world. I'm operating based on what God says, not what the world says. Um, we had trials with money, trials with staff, trials with vendors. Um, every day was relentless. Uh, and previous, I had been defined myself by my career, my reputation, my ability to, uh, to provide for my family, cars, vacations, all that stuff. Uh, and at that point, every day I woke up, I didn't know if I was going to be uh, bankrupt. I didn't know, <clears throat> sorry, what would come. Um, so the professional area of my life was basically getting a, a, a reboot. Um, everything I, I had thought about the way the world worked um, is not correct. God showed me I was wrong. Um, basically, he created how the world works, and then uh, he has full dominion over that. So uh, he, he showed me through several, several examples. Um, I don't have enough time to go into stuff, but I can definitely uh, have several examples of that. So, um, and this is one of those times that, that I'd really actually fallen on my knees in despair and prayed to him. And uh, he definitely provided that support. Uh, my business is on life support, but we're not dead, we're not gone, we're beat up. Um, we got lots of experience. Uh, the future looks bright. Our foundation is really good. And uh, I can't credit anybody else with that. It wasn't me. It was God. Uh, uh, 
And that time I thought I had deviated from my plan or my calling, or I'd messed it up. Um, so that was tough. And then uh, God said, no. He said, no, I love you. I made you. I made a promise to you. Basically, I have a plan for you. And probably the reason I'm up here, I guess one day I was talking to Marlo about this, is that my viewpoint at one time was that this was a failure. It was a failure on my part. But it wasn't. It's part of God's plan. It was my learning, right? It was my foundation he was building. So one day, I woke up, and God turned my flip, my perspective from your failure to your, your, you have a strong foundation. Yeah, so that, that's uh, um, just to conclude, I guess uh, my journey's not over. So I got this strong foundation. Um, he's, God has provided me with a really good um, perspective on what, what the world sees and what he sees. Um, and they're totally different and they work differently. Um, and in my life currently, so I just kind of realized the other day, and this is kind of between the time I was supposed to speak and the time now, that I hadn't really heard from God in a while. And weirdly enough, this didn't cause me much stress. <laughs> Basically, um, uh, he had given me a task at the beginning of summer, and uh, I have not uh, done that task. I've kind of uh, uh, ignored it or basically asked him if I, if I could not do it and... Rather than anything, he says, no, you know, I'm just going to wait here until you do it. So one of the ways God's work is he won't give you your next task until you've completed your, your current task. So um, um, I guess for you, I just I need to uh, do what is asked of you before he'll give you your next task. So if anyone's having some issues with that, uh, not hearing God or not understanding, um, if you just look back and, and say, oh, yeah, light bulb, here's the... Here's, here's what he told me to do, and here's maybe what he's waiting for me to work on. So that's about it today. That's my wrapped up in 18 minutes the last five years. Thanks, Mike. So you were sharing and appreciate your honesty and just your own story. God brought to my mind the, uh, the exchange that Jesus had with a rich young ruler. A rich young man who came to him and said, uh, I've done everything. I've done all the commands. What do I need to have the kingdom of God? And Jesus challenged him to give up all of his possessions. This young man had a, a lot of possessions. Give up all your possessions and follow me. And at that, he walked away sadly because he had held those possessions. He had... He had a great wealth. He had piled things for himself. Just as you were sharing there, Mike, it's, it's, a, it's a humbling reminder of what God asks of us. And I've, I've found myself in the same place a number of times in my life where I say, God, I want you. But yet asking God to come in and, and be the leader of your life requires also giving something. Perhaps there's some of you this morning that are in that place. 
And maybe in order for you to grow, God's asking for you to give something up. When I was a kid, uh, my family wasn't very wealthy. And so uh, I remember when I was, I think, around grade three, my, uh, my parents allowed me, or allowed me to start a, my own job, and I delivered a paper route just around our neighborhood. And I saved enough money to buy a pair of name-brand jeans. And that was a big deal. And, uh, and I was so pumped about it, so excited to wear them to school. And I, I wore them the whole year. And the next year I wore them. And then I got, they got too short. And, and so I just cut them and turned them into jean shorts because they had buffalo on the back. So they're really cool, you know. And I remember I, I didn't want to let them go, but I started getting stomach pains. I'd wore these things for a year and a half, and they'd gotten so small that I was regularly having stomach problems, and we actually went to the doctor because my stomach kept on hurting. It was because I was wearing these jeans that are way too tight. And, I, and there's, there's a real... It's ridiculous, I know. But, but the truth is, is sometimes we're like that with things in our lives, whether it's our business or it's a relationship. Something that we're really scared, it's of such value to us, and we're so scared of losing it, it means so much to us, that we hold on to it even when it actually keeps us from the greater things that God wants for us. It can actually bring detriment and pain because what God wants is he doesn't want you living in what has been, but God wants to bring you into something greater that he has for you. And I think for some of us this morning, Jesus would have the same question and the same remark for you. If you want Jesus to be active and alive and speaking and bringing life into your life, are you willing to let go? To give up all and to follow him? Because he has more for you. But it's scary. It's hard. There are things that we hold on to that we believe have so much value and we're afraid of losing. But that's part of walking with God is beginning to trust him with those things. And for some of you this morning, what I just shared might be gibberish. But I believe for some of you, Mike's story was something you needed to hear today because you're at that same point in life.